0: This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome back to the Dynasty Download Podcast. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host Ethan Hamilton. I also have one more
1: championship than Tom does.
0: Uh, depends on which league, but sure. <laughs> in this one specifically, that that is true. All right. So um, just some quick housekeeping at the top here. Uh, we're glad that we've uh, found a little bit more of an audience lately. i um, glad that you've uh, been listening in. We would encourage you, as always, to rate, subscribe, review, so that everybody can find the show, and that you get weekly shows into your uh, feed whenever we put stuff up. Um, Hopefully, we're going to get to the point where we're going to be about two shows a week uh, during the season. We've kind of talked about it. Usually a reaction show and then a preview show, um, unless there's something extraordinary that happens. Uh, but uh, we'll try and shoot for that. And hopefully, um, given everything that's going on in the world, uh, we're going to get to a place where we can have football. Um, so I think we're we're both on board. Frankly, I think most of the country on board for um, having football and being some level of normal. But um, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, or even next month. So, uh, But uh, we'll try and give you as much content as we've got. And go from there. So, with that, uh, we're recording this one day after the largest contract in the history of the NFL. Now, do you know what the highest uh, average annual value of a um, starting quarterback uh, for a team in the NFL was before yesterday?
1: What it was?
0: Uh... Yes. Average? Well, a, the AAV is the average annual value. One particular... I'm just looking for the, the who was the previous um, high mark. Oh, I don't recall offhand. So it was Russell Wilson, and he had $36 million per year. Okay? So yesterday, we knew that Pat Mahomes was going to get a big deal. <clears throat> and he had already been extended his... Um, contract friend or team-friendly fifth-year option, which was already going to put him in the top um, you know, of his group or his profession. But yesterday it came across, he signed a 10-year extension that will take him through 2031 for a total haul of $450 million with incentives that would take it to 503. So there was not a release on how much of that was guaranteed, and there was not a release... I-
1: I actually saw, I think, 433 of it was guaranteed. (laughs) That's what I saw. That's what I saw. I'm almost positive.
0: That's fine. Um, Even so, I mean, we're going to get to the point here pretty soon, at least with quarterbacks maybe, now that the Kirk Cousins uh, precedent has been established that we're going to have fully guaranteed contracts to a certain extent. Um, at least for like quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get to the point like wide receivers or running backs will ever have that, but um, you know, we'll see. Uh, even so, um, he is going to average out for the length of the deal roughly $45 million a year. So that's $9 million more than the next person. And we have not seen a jump like this in the quarterback market value in a long time. So it's already got. J.J. Um, Watt Deshaun Watson basically, like, tweeting out crap about his uh, next deal from the Texans. Um, I think he could probably get uh, a huge amount on the open market and drive up his value even more if he didn't take what the Texans were offering, but the Texans are going to be able to offer him quite a bit of money. Um, ultimately, it drives the quarterback salaries that much higher. Well, Cowboys
1: messed the hell up. You needed to sign Dak before Pat signed his. Um, I'm not seeing the 433 mil, by the way. What I do see is 63 mil fully guaranteed at signing. But I feel like I saw on TV yesterday that 433 of it was guaranteed about. But, yeah, the Cowboys really messed up by not um, getting that Dak contract um, done before Pat signed his. Obviously, Dak's not going to get paid more. But as you just said, like, the market – or the you know the money for them is now just jumped that much more. Holy shit! Honestly,
0: I hadn't thought of the Dak Prescott situation, but yeah. you do bring up an excellent point because he's going to be in that same category. Yep. And they have him on that one-year deal, but it just drove the market significantly up for everybody else that's there. Now, that's not to say Pat Mahomes isn't worth it, but he's going to drag up the the lower threshold for all of the bad quarterbacks too. And I think it overvalues the market. It's one thing if you're paying Pat Mahomes that much value over the top of everybody else, because let's face it, there are not more than five quarterbacks, I would argue, are in his um, ab- ability to transform a team and propel it better. Because if you take him off of Kansas City, they're maybe a 500 team last year at best. Like that defense was not outstanding, that offense wasn't um, hugely great. I mean, it has some talent, but they're not winning a Super Bowl. They're not getting to uh, a deep playoff run if he's not the quarterback. And there are very few quarterbacks that raise the, the ceiling of their team.
1: I understand all that too. Um, but you got to give a lot of credit, credit to, uh, Andy Reid as well, uh, as a play oh, caller God, yes. and how to utilize, um, make the best out of him. I still think, um, you put an above average quarterback on that team. Like even you put like a Matt Stafford or something on that team. I still think they're pretty good um, with all the weapons that they have on offense, all that speed and with the play calling of Andy Reid. But you're right. Pam Mahomes is the cream of the crop right now. When you're talking about quarterbacks, the way he takes over a game, the arm strength, just the confidence that he has just in himself and that he, um, uh, he gets, he brings to the, to the whole team. Um, They play, They play really well for him. Uh, my only concern is like now he's taken up almost like a quarter of their salary cap. So now it's going to be harder to keep talent around him. So yeah, he better be pretty damn good for a while. Um, but then again, you got to pay him. You, you have to, you know, you're in it. You're just in that type of
0: spot. Well, I think when you discuss, um, the quarterback values in the moment, and especially if it's front loaded, um, like for example, Aaron Rodgers' deal—he's not taking up nearly as much of the cap as people might assume that he is for mm-hmm. Green Bay. And over time, with the way the salary cap has gone up, that has not been a problem. The one thing I will say is, is Kansas City's doing this in a potential year where the cap could go down. Right. If exactly. If we don't have yep. fans mm-hmm. and we don't um, have the merchandising, we we have exclusively. The one saving grace I'll say is they're supposed to be renegotiating the TV contract soon, which ends up, this might be a bargain for them, to be quite honest. If you get the TV deals through and they're huge, which is expected, having this front-loaded is going to end up being um, a great save for them, which, again, incentivizes Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, all of those contracts to get done now.
1: Yeah, so I agree. I agree.
0: But uh, I will say it does lock up. I don't know how long Andy Reid's going to be going. I think he's in his 60s by this point. But um, I don't know how long he's going to stick around. I know Belichick has stayed a lot longer than I might have thought he would um, because that job is incredibly demanding. But, you know, even if it's five years as uh, the owner of Pat Mahomes, um that has at least a nice rosy outlook for, for a good five years, um, where you can place him in the top five of quarterbacks. That's a pretty safe net, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, I feel like, especially, he's the type of quarterback, uh, two you don't really ever get rid of dynasty rise. He's always going to be your, your QB, if, just like Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, if we had different, um, Bonus structures and point structures with how quarterbacks were done. I made it a quarterback friendly league, even though it's a four, only four points for passing touchdowns. Um, so ultimately, somebody like Lamar Jackson could still, because of the rushing and the rushing touchdown numbers, um, be better. Um, There's still, it overweights a little bit for quarterback by comparison to other positions. So you're going to want to have at least a better than average quarterback if you really want to make a run at things. So, All right. Now, for the next segment of the show, um, you and I just kind of wanted to do—I know everybody does their uh, cliché sleeper rankings or, like, guys that we pick out as, um, uh, you know, the the guys to draft. But in Dynasty, that's really difficult. So more or less, um, I think what we're going to do is overrated, underrated— um, basically just pushing through, um, the guys that we think are either undervalued that you could buy at a bargain, uh, maybe make a trade for, um, get at a decent price and that their value is going to rise, uh, maybe over the course of the year, or at least based on past precedent or the guys that are just grossly overrated. So the easiest one to start with, um, because I honestly think we're probably going to be in the same category. Uh, we're going to start with the guy who probably had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, single season in fantasy football, Christian McCaffrey, White Lightning. So do you have him overrated or underrated?
1: I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. That's for damn sure.
0: <laughs> he, he's a hell
1: of a talent, um, but he's also in a new offense. Um, with a new quarterback, who actually, who's the
0: Panthers quarterback? Teddy Briggs, It's, it's
1: right, there. It is. Yep, with a new quarterback. Um, and Teddy, I guess, is still kind of a little unproven. Um, so well, I, I think he'll still get his amount of targets. I think he's going to be a a receiving nightmare. Um, but do I think he'll have 15 rushing yards again, or 15 rushing touchdowns again this year? Um, I do
0: not. I do not. So, I think he's overrated if you expect him to have the same season last year. But his season last year still is underrated, even if he himself is not. Now, here's the things that I will say. There are a lot of, um, different aspects uh, to his thing. I think he could potentially have a better receiving season this year than he did mm-hmm. or, or last year, yep. and so he might even out. And the reason I say that is, um, so it's a couple of things. Uh, number one, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers right now is Joe Brady, who was the offensive coordinator for LSU last year. I see him having um, a similar attachment to McCaffrey that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had for that uh, LSU team last season. And so if you also look back at Bridgewater's brief stint of, what was it, like six weeks as the mm-hmm. quarterback of the Saints? right? He threw a lot of underneath intermediate routes to like Michael right. Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And I think Kamara's best receiving stats were during that period. So I think there is precedence to say that his receiving numbers will be up. And in a PPR value like ours, he could be potentially undervalued. But if you're talking about him being the bona fide number one uh, guy that you're going to absolutely have is uh, or guaranteed to finish number one, I don't know if I would place that. But he is by far the safest bet at a number one pick in like a redraft league or the guy that you'd still most want.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, dur- durability-wise, he's played in every single game in his entire career. Um, he had just under 300 rushing attempts last year. Um, you know, it's the, it's the 15 touchdowns rushing that I just, I see that going down. Um, but like I said, too, and just like you said, I think the receiving aspect goes up for him. Um, but he did have, he already had 116 receptions last year. Like, you know, how much how much better can it really get? Well, I suppose that's for a true. Running, for a running back for to get 142 targets, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount. That's more than a number one receiver gets by a lot.
0: So he's probably overvalued in that in that regard. I didn't realize that he was over the 100-catch um, threshold. Yeah, he had 116 but
1: here's catches the, this year here's the and other last thing. year.
0: And we're one of the few leagues that rewards for this, but he had four – uh, touchdowns of more than 40 yards rushing. I mean, how many leagues are you going to, or how many times I think? So let's look at just some of the other ones. Alvin Kamara had one. Nick Chubb had one. Mm-hmm. Um, like y- you start looking at some of these other big running backs. They're not having uh, these 40, 50 yard touchdowns. It's just, it's just not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He breaks off big ones, but I mean, if he has a year where the big ones don't happen as consistently, you know, and he's a running back, he's only going to get more and more beat up. Um, yeah, I, Yeah. you know, I just I, for me and I would draft him if he was there every single time. I just don't know if he can put up the numbers that he put up last year. That's all I'm saying. And it's not going to be by much. I mean, yeah, well, he's right. probably one of your safest bets that you have.
0: Ultimately, though, because um, you're, ba- you're basing um, all of your value on last year um, being as extraordinary as he was, uh, I have to say he's going to be overrated just coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Just pure and simple. Yep. All right. Um, so I have a couple other ones, and I we're picking a little bit on Ben's team here at the moment but Nick Chubb is a good candidate for this uh, exercise. Overrated or underrated? Um, can I say
1: he's just right? Um because I don't think I you know the talk about him is you know I can say I'm going to say he's underrated. I am going to say he's underrated. Um, cause I've been hearing more g- about Miles Sanders than I guess about Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb had a very, very, very good year last year. And I really don't think, um, Kareem Hunt eats into what he's trying to do that much. Uh, Nick Chubb had 300 attempts for 1500 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, and then he only had 36 receptions. So I think that's where Kareem Hunt is going to come in more receiving back, but, um, I think Nick Chubb has another really good year. I think his touchdowns go up.
0: So this one's a difficult one for me. Because he, more than almost anybody else, had a Jekyll and Hyde year. Are you getting the Nick Chubb of the first eight weeks or the last eight weeks? That, that's basically what it comes down to. But I'm seeing on some of these dynasty leagues that he's being ranked uh, ahead of Mahomes, Hopkins, Devontae Adams, um, you know, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. um, And for longevity's sake, like, I understand his potential value in a one-off, and especially with a league like ours that uh, overweights um, running back points. But... I think he, from what the latest version of him I saw, at least because, again, you're looking at maybe a two- to three-year window for running backs. One of those years, he's going to be um, splitting carries with Kareem Hunt, who is also an equally like effective back. Like let, Let's not forget, he was uh, a top-five back before all of his issues. So if you're just going based on that, I think... Uh, that means he might have one season after that where he's by himself. And if that's the case, I think he's overvalued where he's currently at. I don't
1: know. I, I, I guess for me, I I'm still leaning under or even just at the same, you know, looking at Nick Chubb the, his two years in the league has been nothing but consistent. Um, his carries went up last year, obviously. I think 300 attempts is probably the max that he's going to get again this year because that's a lot of carries. Um, he had 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I just don't see how he's going to do that much better. Um, like I said, maybe just a couple more touchdowns. But then I think I, Kareem Hunt eats into his receiving, so I think he about stays the same or – maybe a little undervalued because uh, what he did the last eight weeks, I think he could do uh, for an entire season. Just not, you know what I mean? Like putting together a full season.
0: He is, again, you need to be listed among those top 10 backs. You need a receiving value. And if his is being completely eaten out of the um, equation, um, I don't know how that's, going to help him um at that point he's a better version of mark ingram like he has value but he's not going to be one of those top guys at best then he becomes a running back two, and we're ranking him right now as a running back one that's why i'm saying it's not that i'm saying he's a bad player i'm just saying he might be overvalued uh because his I, average yeah. game per game dropped about five points when kareem hunt came in
1: that makes sense. No, I can understand that, for sure.
0: I so, get that. Then again, the one thing, and the one redeeming grace I'll say is, is he's got, oh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Um, their new coach is the Vikings uh, coach from last year, who was run heavy. So maybe they'll take a run-first approach, and the passing game won't be as much. And But I could see it going either way. But right now, as it stands, I think he might be slightly overvalued. Again, it's not saying I wouldn't want him on my team. I definitely right. would, but yeah. that's just, that's just where I'm sitting. So, all right. I had another one. All right. Here's a good one. Um, just to, uh, uh tease the audience a little bit. Uh, Kenny Galladay.
1: <laughs> Kenny Galladay. Um,
0: let's
1: see. Most of the places that I saw him, I'm looking at fantasy pros right now. Um, He's mm-hmm. in the top 25, but they have him before um, Cortland Sutton, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown is right below him, and he's right underneath Odell Beckham. I think he's sitting in a, in a sweet spot where he should be, just outside the top 10 as a wide receiver. Um, the thing that would make me think he's a little undervalued is he's the only target that Matt Stafford has um, besides the um, – tight end that I'm sure they're going to try to get, um, involved. Um, what's his name? Hawkinson. Um, yeah, I, he had 11 touchdowns last year, um, which is a pretty decent amount for a wide receiver. Um, almost 1200 yards. I think he about stays the same. I think he's in a sweet so, spot.
0: I'm looking at a couple of them, but I'm looking more specifically right now at, um, uh, Mike Clay's rankings. He has him mm. just below Julio Jones. Again, I think Julio Jones is longer in the tooth at this point. Holiday is, what, like 27? Ooh, 26. 26? Okay. Yep. Even better. So <laughs> his long-term value, like he's not even in his athletic prime, if you will. Usually yeah. prime is like 27 to 30, 32. Yeah, he's entering uh, year four only, you know. So... so. And he had a a great statistical season last year, so I'm certainly not concerned from that front, whereas, like, Julio Jones is 31, so, um, you know, your return value. Now, do I put him on the same level that I do um, Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams yet? Not really, Mm -hmm. but certainly um, if you look at options or being the only option for somebody— um Devonte Adams hasn't been hurt by uh being the only option for Aaron Rodgers.
1: No, and that's what I'm saying. I think it helps his value.
0: Ah, okay. I think I think, it, I I think it helps
1: his value. You know, because he had 116 targets last year, but he only had 65 receptions. You know, so they're 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 forcing him the football. Um
0: it's just their team is so goddamn bad. <laughs> I think well, <laughs> <laughs> Their defense is abysmal, and I think there isn't going to be a point in time where um, they're just going to have to constantly throw the ball. Right, that's what so, I'm saying.
1: So he's going to get, you know, he he's he's hovering around the 116, 120 mark the last two years, but then again, last year or last year he had 65 receptions. The year before that, he had 70. You know what I mean? So um, his touchdowns were the his saving grace this last year, um, and he had a lot of yards too. Um, you know, I think, I guess I would say, yeah, he's maybe a little undervalued, but then again, he plays for the Lions and they're just, I have a really hard time just, unless you're Megatron and you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. Um, I think he's, like I said before, I think he's in a really sweet spot right where he is hanging out with aging Julio and up and coming AJ Brown and Cortland
0: Sutton. So, but you you think of the guys that are around his position, I'd rather have him than Cortland Sutton. I'd rather have him than Julio Jones right now. I'd rather have him than uh, maybe even Amari Cooper um, or Odell Beckham.
1: Let's talk about, okay, let's talk about Cortland Sutton then. That's a good one um, because he's hovering right there with um, Kenny Galladay. What? Kenny Galladay's at wide receiver 11 and Sutton's at 14. So do you think he's overrated or underrated at that spot then? Because I personally think um, Corton Sutton's going to have... He had a great year last year. Um, I think it's just going to get better with how much better Drew Locke is going to get.
0: So, I know I'm hurting my own cause by doing this, but I got to mm-hmm. keep it honest. I think he's overvalued. Yeah? I because think of the new to feed? I think he's extremely talented, but his target share last year was um, like... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins when everybody was hurt range, like he was getting 25% target share, mm-hmm. which he's not gonna get this year. It's just not gonna happen. So that means his efficiency's got to go up, and his efficiency was bad. Yeah. He so you're you're telling me you're you're telling me overall that either Drew Locke is gonna make him a more efficient player by throwing the ball, and maybe that's the case, or that they're going to get him in better um, situations by how they're uh, piecing their team together. I that don't. That was what
1: I'm going with. Because you now have you have a tight end that can do it, and you just got yourself another wide receiver. They got Jerry Judy, right?
0: Yes, they drafted yeah. Judy. They drafted right. somebody else too. Right. But then
1: on, no, on top of it, no, they drafted KJ Hamler.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you've got a couple of slot guys. He's going to be the uh, outside guy, and you've still got Fant and you um, signed Melvin Gordon to a pretty rich contract. But ultimately, like, I don't think he's going to go much down, but people are placing him like he's going to be a top 10 value, and I just don't currently see it. I think he has He worked out really well for my team last year as a nice number two, but he's, I I don't think, maybe with youth, he can grow into a number one. I just don't see it. I think this is his year to be a number one, because I think, after that, I think after
1: that Jerry Judy takes over. But this guy is going to see so much single coverage on the outside because safeties are going to be running up the middle to try to stop the Jerry Judys, to try to stop the No offense of the world. This guy is 6'4 um, and runs like a goddamn gazelle. And yeah, he's not going to have he's not going to have as many targets. I don't think he's going to see 124 targets. No, there's no way in hell. But I do think his six touchdowns go up just because of how much one or man-to-man coverage he's going to see on the outside. I just think because of what they're adding, and I am a little bit higher on Drew Locke now than I was at the beginning of the summer after doing a little more research and watching what he's done. Um, I think that Cortland Sutton has the ability to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. I think this year is going to be his year, and then I think Jerry Judy takes over after that.
0: So I will say that they did um, put Pat Shermer in as the um, uh, offensive coordinator, um, and but he's going to basically be the offensive guy. Uh, so the last comparables we have for Pat Shermer were um, the Case Keenum year for the Vikings is where they went to the NFC Championship game after the Minneapolis Miracle or whatever the fuck it was that I'm still mm-hmm. pissed about and you I can't it. watch. Oh, I hate it so much. I I, I don't know. I, if I get more animated for uh, Vikings playoff games than I do Packer games, but it's starting to seem that way. Like, my hatred for the Vikings might outweigh my love for the Packers. It's weird. Anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. But also the last couple of years for the Giants. So... Um, you look at some of those offenses and they did try and spread out, but I think it's comparable to the giants offense last year where, um, they had to spread it around, but they had a lot of injuries. So that's, that's a weird one to try and, um, place your finger on where golden Tate had a couple of good weeks. Darius Slayton had a couple of good weeks. Evan Engram had a couple of good weeks, but like everybody rotated it like a injury carousel. Right. Yep. Um, Whereas he seemed to find a good balance a couple of years ago with Thielen and Diggs and getting everybody the ball and knowing kind of what he was doing in that particular regard. Um, Maybe that improves the offense um, generally. And he did win with um, Keenum being basically a backup. And he rotated through like Bradford that year and Keenum and, like some other, somebody else. So it's not like um, he's not experienced at taking subpar quarterbacks and putting them in decent positions. So maybe that's right. And ultimately I do hope that your uh, evaluation is correct because I'd love (laughs) to see his value go up so I can sell him off (laughs) if that becomes the case. But, um, you know, it's just something that if I'm going to be completely honest, I just I think he's either right at or over, uh, slightly overvalued for what um, he's truly going to be. So, Agree to disagree. That's fun. That's Absolutely. the point. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, what's another one? Good one. Uh, Michael Gallup. I know it's a guy that we've talked a lot about on the pod before. He is a guy, honestly, I'm not sure whether he's overrated, underrated, or... Just right because I would say that he, if this was happening the day after the season ended, he would have been underrated. Um, the last like six weeks of the season, he outproduced Amari Cooper like uh, on on a two points per game basis. I mean it was it was significant, but now that you throw in that Cooper's a little healthier, he got a bigger contract. Um they have some new coaching in there although like they're keeping the offensive coordinator and uh they drafted CD Lamb. I really don't know where that puts him in the overall. I don't think he'll be the number 1 receiver on the team, but I I find it hard to say that he'll be the number 3 guy on the team either. So he's a really tough one for me going into the year with, whether he's overrated or underrated.
1: Um, I personally think that uh, Michael Gallup was will be underrated this year. Um, you got to remember, um, at least this is how it was for me uh, at college. Like um, it takes a, it takes about a year to learn a new offense and to know it well enough to now you're not thinking about where what depth you're making your break at or thinking about at the line of scrimmage okay you're reading what the safeties are doing now i have to do this Um, you get to a point where it's like you get to the line of scrimmage and it's just you're just doing so then you're moving that much faster so i think he just has a leg up on cd lamb this year i do not think he'll take over amari cooper because amari cooper is i think one of the better wide receivers um, in this league. Um, but you're absolutely right. Um, Michael Gallup went on a tear towards the end of the year. Um, and I think that is something that'll bold well, especially in the Mike McCarthy offense as well. McCarthy has shown that he can support, um, a lot of different wide receivers. Um, it's just, it was hard during those Packer years. I, when the team had that many wide receivers, I stayed aware from all of them. Because I could never figure out when to start one, when to not start one, because it'd be one week Greg Jennings would have 500 yards and the next would be James Jones. And then, you know what I mean? Um, I, so I think he's undervalued because they have him way the hell down there. Um, it's just I don't think I'd mess with him too much because you never truly know what week he's going to go off. Um, but I do think he's a really, really good wide receiver, and I think he got a bad break with them drafting CeeDee Lamb because I, I think he was in for a really, really good junior year here.
0: So I'm just revisiting our pre-draft rankings and some of this stuff. Um, I had him as the number 32 wide receiver. Yeah. I, I And that's just – drastically too low. Um first off, uh how the hell I put him that far below Cortland Sutton who I just went on my little tangent there for a while. DJ Shark, DJ Metcalf, uh Devonte Parker, Tyler Boyd, um all these guys, I have Juju and uh Kelvin Ridley above him who are unproven and he had a better statistical year. Like we, I, I know we're going to do our preseason rankings at some point, And I think our lists are going to be drastically different, but I don't think you're that far off where you were. Cause
1: I'm looking at fantasy pros right now. They have him as wide receiver 22 right now too. And you look up Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, you know, Jerry Judy shark, all these guys are above him. DK Metcalf. All these guys are above him. Um, and I think it's just overreaction with the CD lamb signing. Um, but yeah. as 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 his career goes on in Dallas, I I do think his his production is going to fluctuate that much more as those as those guys get that much better. But this it, it's, year, it's this year one. I think he's underrated. This year I think he's underrated.
0: It, it, it's a tough one for me going on. I I think I would have him um much higher going forward, and I think there are a couple of guys that I I need to drop lower. I I would very much move this list around, at least in that kind of, like, second tier, and I think even from our discussion, I think differently today than I did, you know, obviously a few months ago, mm-hmm. so at some point, we're, when we do the preseason rankings, um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be much more reflective of what what all of that's going to go on, so, but it's a good exercise to occasionally look back at, you know, your own mistakes. <laughs> See where you've gone wrong. Pretty much so. All right. Here's one that uh, I, I love because I just uh, I, I don't know why he's so he's number 57 on the list. I'm currently looking at He's wide receiver number 28. I had him as number 12 on my uh, pre-draft rankings. That might have been a little too high, but I don't think he drops uh, much lower than like 17th. Um, Robert Woods I think he is criminally underrated and he's going to be the number one guy he's been the most consistent guy for that Rams offense but you look at uh, because Cooper Cup had how many huge games early on in that season and then fell off towards the end Robert Woods quietly had um, one of the better statistical seasons for uh, wide receiver over the last three years and he just does it week in and week out
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And he's he just gets targets. They feed him the ball. Right, the last two years, he's had over 130 targets. Um, you know, he's not a touchdown machine by any stretch of the imagination, but you're right. Brandon Cooks is gone, and it's him and Cooper Cup. You have Van Jefferson there, which is a new rookie, but like I said, rookies, they take a little bit. Um yeah, he's. I think he's criminally underrated. I think um, Ben is going to be very happy with what he does this year, um, which is not okay for me because uh, I'm <laughs> guaranteed to see Ben again in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think he's underrated
0: by a lot. So I think that one's an easy agreement. I'm going to switch um, the conversation up just slightly then. And I'll give you the option whether you'd like me to give my opinion first or you you can take this one. Okay.
1: Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Um, you know that one is that one's a tough one. You know, we all see Dallas Goddard. He's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But but the the tight end pool is so so thin. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's one of the top two or three tight ends anymore. Um, I would probably put him at four or five. Um, but then you got guys like Fant and Hawkinson that are young and working their way up. Um, you know, I if I was, I don't know where you have him ranked, but I probably have him ranked at like four or five. I think that's probably about right. Um, I don't think, I think his best years are probably behind him.
0: Okay. So let's just, we knew that coming in from the previous year, he was not going to get, uh, over a hundred catches like he had, but, uh, let's just look at the last three seasons of him as a, um, let's say premier tight end. He has had more than a hundred targets per season, um, since, uh, 2015 since Carson Wentz uh, came in for his second year, he's had 110, 156, and 135 targets. He had 824 year, uh, yards uh, that first year, 1,163 the next year, and then 916 last year. The only major difference from the year to year is, is that his uh, overall receptions dropped, which you thought was, was probably a natural regression. And he had two less touchdowns last year, but he actually had a statistically better season than he did the year they won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, you're right, you're right. But you know, then you look at his youth; would think his backup, but not really backup. It's really more of a, you know, a sidearm. You know, Dallas Goddard. He had 87 targets for 58 catches last year. He had 600 yards and five touchdowns. You know. Um, I think that the share between the two of them is gonna keep getting closer and closer to fifty percent. Um,
0: is so, Elshon Jeffrey still there?
1: Yes, Elshon and Deshaun Jackson are still there. Um, wow, well, Deshaun the last year. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him.
0: He's got some <laughs> weird crap going on. We'll, we won't get into it let's today, but it, let, no, let's let's wait a week and see how that resol- it. resolves itself. Fucking idiot. <laughs> But uh, uh, other than Jalen Rager, who I know you're high on, I am and Goddard stepping forward. Yeah. Um, I think he's still uh, a productive bet. Mm-hmm. I think people are overvaluing him in the draft. That doesn't mean he's overvalued as a tight end. I wouldn't say he's undervalued. No. So I guess if it's deferring, and that those are my only two options, he's overvalued. But uh, because I think he's he's thought of in the same sentence as Kittle and um, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I don't
1: think he's there anymore.
0: I don't think he's
1: sitting at the same table with them anymore.
0: I just don't know who, though, I would... Well, he may not be in that top two, but I don't know who else um, I would put ahead of him. That's Mark Andrews? But Mark Andrews was so tight, uh, touchdown heavy.
1: Like I mean, that's he's only my, 24, that's though. That's my problem. You
0: know? And Waller had a lot of receptions, but the uh, Raiders drafted several wide receivers. Evan Ingram? Health. Hunter Henry? Same thing. Well, Henry's more of a freak accident thing. Like, So, for example, uh, I would think the health on Hunter Henry is less questionable than I do on Evan Ingram. But the ceiling on Ingram is higher. Yeah, I think Yeah, you're so, damn right. So, like, this was the conversation we had, not you and I, but, like, that was happening around Keenan Allen a couple of years ago when he tore his ACL after he was out for, like, most of the year with a lacerated kidney, which is a freak accident. But those are two weird things that you can't control. Evan Ingram is out with, like, hamstring pulls and quads and all of these soft tissue injuries, whereas Hunter Henry, like, blew out his Achilles and his ACL or something. Like, in back-to-back years. So as far as, like, overall health, I'm less concerned about him than the amount of time where Ingram has these weird lingering injuries and he'll miss, like, two weeks. He'll be back for one game and then re-injure himself. It's like how Clay Matthews used to be for the Packers years ago, where he'd have a hamstring flare about six weeks into the season, and then he would be in and out for the rest of the year. It's just one of those things where reliability is not there. Whereas uh, you have one freak accident like Julian Edelman missed that one year with a torn ACL and every other year he's been fine. You know, he was not available that one time and outside of that, he's been fine. So like, I'd much rather rely on that um, than going off of the anything. So I think when people talk about injury designation or health, they're not always giving it the same context, but By Um, that token, like, are you putting Austin Hooper in that category? Hayden Hurst? Um, Like, there are guys that are underrated-ish. Like, Gerald Everett had a huge uh, playoffs last year, but I don't put him in that category. Uh, I don't put Johnu Smith in the category we used to do for, like, Delaney Walker. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, You know, you can find value tight ends, but I think um, Ertz still provides... Um, top five value, and I don't think I can say that of too many other guys.
1: I feel like there's two tiers of tight ends. You have George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and then it goes to the next tier of Mark Ingram, uh, or Mark, Ingram Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz. You can put Hunter Henry in there and Darren Waller, and then I feel like you have the rest where it's like, all right, we're going to throw something at the wall and we're going to see what sticks. You know, we're still not sold on TJ Hawkinson. We're still not sold on Noah Fan. You know, Dallas Goddard, as much as he is productive, he's still, you know, he's only going to give you so much. Um, it's, for me, I know that I need to have a, real, a one of the top tight ends because the, the position is just so thin. And I am fortunate enough to have two pretty decent tight ends and another one that's up and coming, and hopefully he pans out. But, you know, it's just O.J. Howard, for example, and David Njoku. Like, those guys were supposed to be the next ones coming up, and they don't do shit. (laughs) So a tight end position, it's hard. It's hard to find a good tight end.
0: So who would you place as the number one tight end right now?
1: I would probably say travis kelsey just because fantasy wise you know complete tight end if i'm looking to start an nfl franchise today i'm taking george kittle
0: oh yeah uh, every day of the every week every single Sunday.
1: yep because I, I think
0: he was the number one rated um pff uh, offensive player last year yeah i think for, he, for just any him position. as a blocker
1: like just what he does on the football field is absolutely insane yeah. um but if i'm going for peer um pass catcher i'm going travis kelsey
0: For fantasy value, I think Kelsey's been the number one, um, and he has more and targets. in that offense. Well, right. He has more targets and more um, yardage touchdowns than um, Kittle does. Kittle's four years younger. I will put that in his column. He also missed two games last year, but he was only three catches off of his total from the year before when he set the— single season uh, yardage mark for a tight end and he had the same amount of touchdowns in an offense you think that they're probably going to have to throw the ball more because people are going to be stacking the box the other thing I will say is is that Debo's out for at least a small period of time and they're going to have to try and make do without Emmanuel Sanders and Debo at least at the first part of the year so that leads me to believe if I were selecting a team today, I probably put Kittle as the number one just from a youth value. But if you're telling me that I can have only one for this year, um, probably still go Kelsey. So like in a redraft situation, Kelsey, but in a longer term uh, dynasty scenario, it, it, for me it's Kittle. But again, that's like, Picking between your children a little bit. Don't
1: so. want to do that.
0: <laughs> well, of course, neither of us has any. All <laughs> oh, right. Uh, you got another one? Uh, I can find another one here quickly. Um, yeah. I, I Let's throw out David Johnson. And by the same token, Ken and Drake. We'll do them both at the same time.
1: David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. Um, and David Johnson... Man, I don't know. You know how I feel about him. But he's way the hell down here, too. So
0: He's in the mid-20s for most yeah. people. He's being ranked among the Le'Veon Bells and James Connors of the world.
1: Which is... I think he's better than that. So I would go... Um, He's underrated. Um, and then Kenyon Drake, I would go, man, they have a lot of rookies in front of him. He had a pretty good end of the year last year.
0: Yeah, he did. And I can only imagine his, uh, um, overall production. Cause I think that offense is going to be much more productive going up. That's right. just my argument of it is I think even though you're now adding Hopkins, your, um, going to be stretching the field a little little bit more and they're running four wide out sets. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be the number one. It's going to be unquestioned. He's going to be putting up numbers uh, similar-ish to what he was. Um, Now, do I put him as a running back one right now? No. But I think he's undervalued because I think we're treating him as uh, a – teetering on running back to flex position. And I think he's a solid running back too. Um, For me, for this year alone, David Johnson is an argument, and I truly believe this, he could be in running back one territory.
1: I I can't stand
0: by that. Well, that's fine. I'm not asking you to. Do I see that two years from now? No, but he's going to be the only back I think he's still productive. Uh, I like what they're going to end up doing with him. And I don't think the Texans offense is going to be nearly as bad as we thought it might be when that trade was made. Um, if again, it's a big if if Fuller's healthy, they do also have Brandon cooks um, and Kenny stills yet. I don't think it's a terrible offense. And I think they're going to tag team it where Watson and um, David Johnson end up being um, the one-two monster, the Batman and Robin sort of ordeal. And um, I think he's going to get a lot of um, short yardage catches in space, not necessarily out of design, but just as like a check down. And he's going to have point value that way. I also think he's going to be the goal line back because who else are they going to get? So if you're telling me that they're going to be running read options on the goal line with Watson and David Johnson, I'm up for that. And it's not like um, Jacksonville or Tennessee or uh, Indianapolis have world beater defenses.
1: What was wrong with David Johnson last year that he played in 13 games, but he had less than 100 rushing attempts?
0: So he started off the year well, but basically he was a healthy scratch. So he got injured about, I want to say like six weeks in. And then uh, he, for whatever reason, he did not fit Kingsbury's system and what they wanted to do, and they traded for Drake, and Drake started playing on a gangbuster uh, level when Johnson and Chase Edmonds were out. So I, see.
1: I just, I don't know, man. I I have a hard time seeing him making it through a season fully healthy. That's one, and two. I don't trust the Texans and Bill O'Brien he destroyed that offense first and foremost just ripped it apart um if i were them if i'm playing against them i would probably load the box and just force him to try to make brendan cooks a all pro wide receiver um i'm i'm low on david johnson i just am i don't know that's fine. i feel it i feel it in my soul really i do and i don't know why i just i can't get myself to jump on this one i just can't do it won't do it can't do it (laughs)
0: okay (laughs) i here's what i'll say as far as him carlos hyde was a um bottom end running back two last year and you're getting an upgrade on him with receiving value I think he has over 1,000 yards and at least 50 catches. And even if he gets, like, an average amount of touchdowns, like six or seven, you know, for a running back who's going to be the primary goal line carrier other than Watson, that's, like, you know, hovering around that running back one territory. I don't see it. I know. That's why it's a drastically underrated value. (laughs) I, I am... I will bet the farm on David Johnson having a good year this year. Okay. If he plays all 16 games or like at least like, come on. No, that like, if he goes out with an ACL injury in one of the preseason games, obviously I can't fulfill that. But if he plays, if he's on the field, you know, let's just say even 14 games. I think he gets to both of those marks. If he makes it healthy through week three, the rest
1: of the season is in play, whether he gets hurt or not, because his injury history, his durability is something that needs to be held against him. It has to be. That's ha- that's a part of the reason I'm so low on him, because I, I can't trust him. You know, and it's, it's, it's backfired with, as you can see with Dalvin Cook, that that's hurt me. It hurt me in the championship last year. I didn't have him. Yeah. Um You know, now he's holding out. It, it's it's all about durability, especially for that type of position. And you know, he's he's probably going to turn twenty nine at the begin or in, during the year. And he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. And all if right. you're if the way he's the way you're talking, like they're going to use him, I don't think he's got that in him. I really don't. Okay. All right.
0: You want right. to make a you want to make a little wager on that one?
1: What are we wagering? I don't know. Your first round pick for next year? Nah. <laughs> uh, round of golf? A round of golf. Okay, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually a little proud of myself over the weekend. I I haven't picked up a club since like last September, and I was gonna go ahead of time and try and like do a couple of range balls to try and find it. Um, I actually shot pretty well <laughs> for not having. I I literally the first shot I hit all year was right off the tee on one, and I had one of my better rounds. So I'll I'll take it. There you go. That makes you feel good. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes you feel good. Either that or lazy. but either way so uh let's just define this david johnson will have a thousand yards and 50 catches if he plays in at least 14 games
1: i want to do he has to play in 11 games and reach those marks i'm saying if he that that is what makes the bet Solid if he's in and plays in 11 games, whether he finishes the year or not, that's what makes the bet stand in stone. Otherwise, if he doesn't play in 11 games, you have an out, and we call it square because I'm saying he doesn't stay healthy, but I also want some, insurance I'll negotiate the to 12. <laughs> God, you're such a dick whatever fine 12 i don't have anywhere else to go right <laughs> i should have said nine i was thinking nine should have just done it
0: <laughs> dude i negotiate for a living yeah i'm not an ass that's the problem <laughs> um i've seen your
1: twitter feed if anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway all right so means. i'll uh i'll end the um last part of the show on something else so uh we still don't have any further updates on delvin cook no potential contract issues it's now um mid-july ish are you uh feeling a little bit of flame um what's what's your best offer for madison here it's radio
1: silent From, I can't find anything from the Vikings camp on what they're planning to do. Um, I look for it every single day and I can't find anything. Um, Right now, I'm staying tight. Staying tight. um, Might talk with, um, what's his team name? Ed Winners about a possible trade. So, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather. I'd rather look for a starter than, you know, a handcuff. I'm not really looking to trade away assets for someone that will just go back to my bench eventually. Okay. We'll see. Obviously, it'll get to a point where I might have to talk to you, but we'll see. I already know. And I just don't want to negotiate with you if if the last (laughs) thing we just talked about was any indication about anything. Um. (laughs) So, no, I mean... I'm not starting to freak out yet, but it's starting to get a little warm. The seat's starting to get a little warm, I
0: guess. Oh, don't worry. I'll give you the best offer, the most uh, (laughs) beautiful offer that you could possibly ever want.
1: Anyway, how is your uh, (laughs) off-season plans going? You were talking about rebuilding. Have you put any more thought into that?
0: Well, I haven't really received any offers. That's part of it. And I, with the league calendar, we haven't set a draft yet, which right. um, we should probably do a league discussion at some point. Um, I'm not even sure how best to go about that because, like, the group text or whatever um, didn't really work out. So I'm trying to rethink of best practices to do that, like maybe a Facebook group. That might be easier.
1: It might be um, easier.
0: But we're going to have to try and... Um, set up some type of group chat for that and see if we can go forward, at least in that regard. Once we've set a draft, I think some of the league transactions uh, are going to go a little bit differently. So I've, I'll i be talking to Ben over the weekend, um, and uh, I think I'm supposed to talk to Derek this afternoon. So there are a couple of different things to keep up with on some of the other teams and, uh, how What's that's going on with like go, that? But what do you mean?
1: Why are you talking with them? Socially? Oh, I just didn't know. if the, You were talking about the league. Oh, no, no, no. no. We're not having like... On.
0: Well, I'll probably bring I, it I up. I wasn't worried about actually.
1: like a secret meeting. I just oh, didn't yes, know if I I'm missed br- something or not.
0: Yes, your, your favorite <laughs> commissioner is running the cabal. <laughs>
1: that's not what I meant. What we should do is we <laughs> should get this um, keeper date pushed up too so we can start looking at who's in
0: the pool. Well, when would you,
1: you
0: know, maybe that's a conversation for after the pod here, but, um, you know, I think once we take care of those uh, particular details, then we can kind of move up the rest of this. So, so otherwise uh, that's probably a good place to end it for the week. Um, Stay tuned. We probably will have another one of these sometime next week. Um, And then at some point we got to get to our um, preseason rankings. So, but that's probably an August project, but um, otherwise have a good week, everybody Um, rate, subscribe, review, and we'll see you soon. And that is your dagger. That's all for this week. And please uh, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the new podcast on the Tom Duncan Network, as it's currently being called. Um, That'll help everybody else find the podcast and that uh, we continue to help uh, provide you winning opportunities on your fantasy teams, hopefully get you interested in this new type of uh, fantasy football. Uh, Until next time, thanks and have a great evening.